Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today I'm here with Yatso. Hello. <laughs> So you were born in, how do you say it, Ulladulla? Ulladulla, yeah. yeah. It sounds like a fake place. <laughs> Heaps of people think it's like mythical, but it exists, trust me. What was the environment kind of like? Was it like suburban or like... It was like a pretty small, like beachy little town. Pretty surfy, a lot of, a lot of beaches, a lot of surfing. Um, really good, I guess, nature and hikes as well, that sort of stuff. But um, I was never really into surfing, so... I kind of just sat there and watched the rest of my mates surf while I worked on my music. <laughs> what do your parents do? Mum is a psychologist oh. and dad is like a carpenter, tradesman, a, yeah. um, a builder in essence. Yeah. Are they from Ulladulla as well? Um, Mum's from actually, oh, what's the town? Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And dad is from, yeah, Sydney, Australia. So mum's American and dad's Australian. Yeah. Yeah. How did they meet? I can't remember the whole story. I should know. (laughs) But I fully don't. I feel really bad now. But mum and dad met somewhere in Sydney um, when mum was over here on holidays. Um, She'd just finished uni and she came to Australia. Not over here, so I was was just thinking we're in Australia. (laughs) Yeah, mum came over to to, um, Sydney for a holiday and mum and dad met there and then she never went back and... It's pretty much stayed in yeah. Australia ever since, yeah. How did you start getting into, like, the dr- drums? Because you started when you were, like, five or six. Yeah. Um, I think I went into a... Uh, yeah, that, that was it. I went into a music shop um, with mum. And, my, like, my dad's side of the family was huge on music. They all played instruments. They all sort of jammed together. But um, I went to a music shop one day with mum, and I'd sort of been watching my cousin on the drums for a while and I sort of just had a bash on the drums and mum was sort of like oh wow you can do that so then in the end <laughs> I think she just sort of coaxed me into it coaxed me into it over time and kept trying to get me on a drum kit until I really loved it and then yeah I sort of got a drum kit when I was about 12 I think and just started bashing ever since yeah yeah how do you describe yourself back then growing up probably just your average hyper little kid mm-hmm yeah, just <laughs> super hyper and wanted to get my hands on anything and everything and just like play it or bash it or Did you strum try other it. instruments? Uh, yeah, yeah, I still play like guitar and bass and keys oh. as well. Um, Were you in a band then? Yeah, I was a fair bit like growing up. I was always with ba- in bands with my friends. Um, like more rock music that you were listening and doing. Yeah, yeah, it was like we loved ACDC. Oh. We loved all those types of bands, so we were making really like as rocky as we could go, I guess. Started instruments pretty young, luckily, through having really supportive parents, and they were always just keen to see what I could get my hands on mm-hmm. and see, you know, if I could figure it out. So, yeah, it was good. Were you into school growing up? No. <laughs> no I hated school. I actually got expelled, technically. Oh, really? In high yeah, school? Yeah, I got, like, an honorary expulsion, expulsion, where, because, you know, my parents are nice people um, and respectable people, I guess, they... They were sort of just, they basically they said to mum, they're like, look, he's going to get expelled in about a week unless you pull him out of class. <laughs> so mum was really disappointed and dad was really disappointed, but I don't know. I just didn't like school. It wasn't for me. I didn't, I didn't, 
like the way they taught and I didn't like the music classes and yeah, I just felt better outside of school. Mm -hmm. So you were kind of a rebel. A little bit, but yeah. not but not like I don't know. Yeah, I was a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you were into art, right? Wasn't you in the last four years you did art? Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, even then I was still getting in a lot of trouble in my art classes because I didn't like doing the theory on stuff that I didn't want to learn about. I didn't find that, you know, intriguing to me at all. I wanted to just learn about what I wanted to learn about and stuff, which is kind of selfish, but that's what I felt like I wanted from education. Mm -hmm. So. Did you like music class or? Still music class, I didn't like the theory. When we did prac work and we actually got hands on and got to work together and like figure out songs and do all that, that sort of thing. I really liked that but when it was um, when we were doing just boring theory on stuff and you know like I'm in, I'm in a music career now and I didn't need to learn half that crap. Mm -hmm. Even still there's no part of me that says you know if I could go back in time that it would be worth it because it wasn't. It wasn't worth it. I mm -hmm. didn't need to learn all of that. And yeah so I just didn't like school. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't like electronic music as well initially. Yeah, I, I initially hated electronic <laughs> music. I thought it was kind of really lazy and I don't know, I, I just had this kind of punk outlook on on electronic music. Was it like the time of like Tiesto that you started listening to or like... Um, I started listening to like? Justice. It was when oh. like Justice, um, their cross album was just sort of big and, and stuff like that. So I sort of just... Um, started listening to them because they, they to me were like the rock and roll of electronic music mm -hmm. so I didn't feel like I was listening in complete kind of what I found soft I kind of moved to listening to electronic music that was still rock enough for me as a punk I guess back then to be able to enjoy Do you remember yeah. who showed you like Justice City Finders or do you have a friend showed you? Um, my friend showed me Aaron Richo um, he's, he's a friend from Ulladulla my hometown and when I was younger, he, um, I was just at his house and he was like, check this stuff out, check this stuff out. And that's the first time I heard it and I was just like, whoa, this sort of sounds like rock and roll, but electronic. Yeah. It's not all kind of light and, you know, I wasn't too into that kind of trancey feel-good sound. I mm -hmm. really liked that grungy, heavy sort of stuff at the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got into like Justice, Cut Copy at the time, um, Soul Wax. Yeah, just people sort of like that, those types of bands. Mm -hmm. um, but what was the scene like in Australia? What, was there like even electronic music at that point? This is like way before like Flume and stuff, right? Yeah, it was kind of weird. It was, it was a weird time because I feel like now people are kind of, every second person produces, or you know, like I'd even go as far as saying every person produces now that I know. <laughs> Especially in my world anyway, everyone's just producing, yeah. everyone has a little song and back in that, like in those days, which was only probably what, 2012, 2011 or whatever it was, those days I was kind of seen as weird for making music, they're like, oh, he just sits in his room and mm -hmm. makes music on his laptop, how weird's that, you know, and now it's kind of, oh, you don't do that, you're weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was, yeah. it's sort of flipped, it's flipped its poles a little there, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a little weird back in the day. Did you like connect with a lot of Australian artists back then, like early like Flume or I guess? Yeah, I think when it, when that whole sort of ship was starting to set sail, I guess that Australian sound, um, I guess genre. Um, there was a lot of 
yeah, I guess we did sort of stick together. I mean, I'm just trying to think of back then. It was a fair while ago, but everyone sort of sent each other emails and we were all working on tracks together. And I think um, once that sound solidified, everyone else kind of started to find their own branch of it. And then we all sort of split up a bit more and started kind of trying to pioneer our own parts of that magic thing that was happening at that mm -hmm. time, I guess. Because it was pretty... I don't know the right word for it, but it was very propellant, I guess. Like that, the scene at that time mm -hmm. in Australia was just rocketing. And um, yeah, everyone was just like supporting each other. It was really fun, everyone was having fun. And we got to see each other all the time because Australia is only a small place. So mm -hmm. everyone sort of knows everyone and to be touring all the time and getting to see all your friends was just really cool. Yeah. Were you going by another name before Yatsel? I had heaps of weird names. I wouldn't even be comfortable saying them. They're that, <laughs> they're that crap. How long ago have they're you the been worst names. Yatsel then? Start, I had like my first producer name I got when I was about 15 or something. And then I think Yatsel came about like later in the game when I was maybe 18. Oh, so okay. I think I only had two in like a couple of years or yeah. something. Yeah, how did you decide to, do, to be Yatsel? My dad gave me that nickname when I was a kid. He just like... Yeah, out of nowhere. Doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. He was just like, Yatsel, that's you, all right. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you get your music out there initially? I initially made a song called Girls, which I put on the internet just for my friends because my friends had designed me like a cool Yatsel logo. So I was like, cool, I'll make you a song. So I made them a song and I put it on SoundCloud just so everyone could hear it, like all the boys and my friends and everything. And then in a few weeks or a couple of weeks or something like that, it had just a horrendous amount of plays. I never expected it. Oh, and did some blogs pick it, pick it up? Yeah, was blogs it on like and... Triple J? No, I think it was just, it was mainly blogs and stuff at that time, like Hype Machine and stuff. Oh, um, so you already crossed over to America because it was more than like Sony Rhodes and all that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it sort of hit the States as well, a few like um, media what? spots in the States. Your first song and already hit like outside of Australia, that's huge. Yeah, it was very weird. It was a weird thing. And I think like a YouTube channel, Majestic Casual picked yeah. it up. Um, a few other YouTube channels picked it yeah. up. And, it sort of just went and I was sort of yeah. like... Did you like know people in music back then? Like people who were like actually in the industry to tell you what to do like the next step after that success? No, no. Wow. I, uh, I knew no one and yeah, didn't like, I didn't know anything about the music industry either, let alone the people in it. Mm -hmm. So... But from those songs, you probably got connects, right? Like they reach out to you after? Yeah. They post about it? Yeah, yeah, like a few people sort of started to repost it and I started getting emails from potential management companies and stuff and yeah so I just sort of went when we looked like that and my mum was always sort of like to make sure no one rips you off and yeah actually with that like how did you decide on your first like management or like how long after that song did you get your first well management? I always just I've got a good relationship with mum so if there's anything in life like that where there's like a, a neutral zone like if I needed a lawyer or something like that and there's a neutral zone while I'm waiting for someone like that. I always go to my mum. Mm. She's just kind of, she's really smart. So how long after that song did you get, like, a team? Probably a year or two it took of, of work and kind of making new stuff and seeing where we wanted to go. And then during that time, I started a new duo with my friend LDIU, which we called Karmata. Mm -hmm. And we started doing um, releases and, and stuff through that, so... 
it took a while to kind of solidify everything to get where it is now. I feel like now is the first time in four years where things are at the point where I can kind of go, okay, we've got this, we've got that, and this is what's happening. Whereas before it was just, it was a massive just nest of a million things happening and I never felt like I truly could plan things out and see where things were going. It was always just like day by day, night by night type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's good now to be able to see it from above and have better plans and stuff yeah. like that. But that's, having a team helps that type mm -hmm. of thing. And, yeah. and then how long after did you move to Sydney? Um, I stayed in Ulladulla for like quite a long time. I, probably longer than I should have. Um, yeah, I just really liked it down there. It's super chill and there's just no one around. You get the beach to yourself. It's a really nice place. So I stayed down there for a long time. Um, and then I only moved to Sydney about a year ago. Oh, yeah. how did you choose Sydney over Melbourne? Um, don't know, I don't like Melbourne. I don't like Victoria. <laughs> That's the same thing that Mulrat said, but then, but she lives in Melbourne. <laughs> oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't like Victoria. Yeah, it's just, just the state. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> Do you think your music has changed after the move? Um, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm more connected in Sydney to kind of people around me that really inspire me and stuff. So I feel like I'm more inspired in Sydney if that helps, but it's not really an answer to your question. But mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if my music has changed. How did the tour with the desert come about? Well, I've known those guys for a while. Um, and yeah, they're really, they're really good dudes. Like Harry and Claire, two of the nicest people I've ever met in the whole industry. So, um, We've known each other for a while and I've always been really fond of them and and I think they've always sort of liked my music, which is pretty cool. And yeah, just for their latest tour, um, because of a, I've, I guess I've done a release on their label, um, Foreign Family, I guess they sort of put me into contention for a, a support slot on their tour and yeah, we got it and it's been really sick. Mm -hmm. So we've done a few spots, we've done like LA and we did Phoenix just the other night. Um, did Seattle as well and yeah it's been really good I've mm -hmm. absolutely loved it the shows have been awesome and the crowds are so like welcoming they're so welcoming mm -hmm. here and they're really into hearing new things so I'm into that yeah what's your plan now like you want to move to the states like trying to grow a bigger fan base here or I don't know I'd like to live in the states for probably a year um, and just sort of get a bit more of a base here and stuff but yeah I don't know I haven't really got any plans mm -hmm. like that for the future yet I'm sort of just getting this tour and this year done and then seeing what happens at the end of this year for making plans for the next yeah, yeah. how would you say your music has changed since the early songs you made when you were younger well now I sort of know what I'm doing because back then I had no idea what I'm doing and still to, like up until a late point in my musical career I had such little Ableton skills such little electronical <laughs> electronical electronic musical knowledge. I had very little electronic music knowledge and I just didn't know, I didn't know what a compressor was. I barely knew what side chain was. I didn't know how to EQ things. I kind of, I just threw things together that I thought sounded cool and that was kind of the point of Yard Saw. It wasn't so much to actually become a producer. It was more so just throwing together things and writing things that I found cool. And not, not, yeah, not worrying about the sonics of it so much and more worrying about just the feeling and, yeah, the textures and little weird things, I mm -hmm. guess. How would you say you've grown as a person since you were younger? Um, I probably haven't. 
<laughs> I probably haven't much. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to think I'm somewhat more responsible because I think we all did some dumb shit when we were young. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably uglier. Oh, but no. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say have been your biggest challenges so far? Um, writer's block and, like, mm. having moments of... I guess, or times in your life of musical lull where there's just nothing happening and you can't really get a, a positive feeling out of music. I guess that's probably the hardest part for me, but everything else, I think it's a dream job. I used to mow lawns and I used to like be a gardener. So I think this is a lot cooler and I'm a lot happier doing this. Yeah. So I can't really find many things to complain about <laughs> except for the writer's block and stuff. <laughs> Yeah. How do you think your relationship with LDRU has changed over time? Um, <laughs> we've gone through a lot together, ups and downs. Um, I think now we're just, I don't know. I don't think it's ever really changed. We've always just been kind of, we each do our own things. We each kind of have our own avenues of music. Um, so... Yeah, we kind of respect that and just let each other do our individual things and yeah, we kind of just meet for Karmata when we have to and other than that we just do our own thing. Mm -hmm. how so, do you, yeah. yeah, how do you think what's a like Gatsel song, what's a Karmata song? Like when I make something, how yeah. do I decide? Um, I think you can tell, or I can tell pretty quickly like within five minutes of the song oh, kind wow. of being generalised, I guess the, like the chords um, I can usually feel like calm artery chords. I can just feel little things in a chord structure. I'm like, that would suit calm or there's just little things. Like if the chords are really open voiced and really wide open on the keys, that's more calm Whereas Yartzel's kind of more like basic triads and tight sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's just little kind of notes like that where I kind of decide which bin to put them in, I guess. Mm -hmm. This is kind of something I ask all duos, but were you ever scared of being in a duo if there was like a split or anything happens? No, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I think we both, we both, we don't like, we don't have anger towards each other. We don't, we, you know, we love each other and stuff. So I don't feel like there could ever be those bad feelings between mm -hmm. me and Drew. But Drew and I, we're, we're pretty close and yeah, we're good mates. So mm -hmm. yeah, I've never felt that kind of stress. Yeah. What about his personality made you want to be in a duo with him? I think it was not like our personalities don't even, like really fully match. We're kind of completely different people, but I think it was just the music that brought us together. And I think it's also that, that difference in personality that kind of makes the music industry interesting as well, because that kind of plays in the studio and plays in all these different places and kind of all of these uncertainty, all of these uncertainties, sorry, come together to make Karmata where it's, all these differences. If me and Drew were like the same person and mm. had such similar music, I feel like it would be a bit more boring than what it is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of all the weird yeah. shit that that really makes it for me. Do you ever have difficulties with like time, like certain tours or like working on certain singles or EPs? Yeah, that can split? be that can be really tough um, when we're both off doing our own things, trying to link up and be together and and stuff because we both write I think better when we're together mm. for the Karmata project so it is hard doing everything through correspondence but um, I guess it's just part of the job you know we have to do it because we're apart so often so 
yeah, we have to sort of be really, really good at correspondence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does success look like to you? Um, to me, it would be like traveling with my friends and family all the time and just spending my life doing that, traveling with my friends and family and just having them there and being able to all, you know, be together. That would be, to me, the ultimate yeah. success, I think. What does love mean to you? Love? Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> just a kind of, just a thing and a, a chemical response in the brain, mm -hmm. I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't have time for relationships mm -hmm. anymore. That's what I just tell myself anyway. Yeah. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? A few little random things that I like to do every once in a while. A little bit of humour. I like to be remembered as a bit of a maverick. <laughs> and, a, and a top gun. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, mad dog. Yeah. Mad dog with... Uh, and I'd like to be... I, I basically would like to be remembered as someone with moral fibre. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so I much. I could sign off with that, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>